That's quite a different matter. She is my aunt. No, I have some bread and butter. The bread and butter is for Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn is devoted to bread and butter. Mm, very good bread and butter it is, too. My dear fellow, you need not eat it as though you were going to eat it all. You behave as though you were married to her already. You are not married to her already, and I don't think you ever will be. Why on earth do you say that? Well, in the first place, girls never marry the men they flirt with. Girls don't think it right. Oh, that's nonsense. It isn't. This is a great truth. It accounts for the extraordinary number of bachelors one sees all over the place. In the second place, I don't give my consent. Your consent? My dear fellow, Gwendolyn is my first cousin. And before I allow you to marry her, you will have to clear up the whole question of Sicily. Sicily? What do you mean, Algy, by Sicily? I don't know anyone of the name of Sicily. Oh, really? Well, I found this cigarette case in the smoking room after the last time you dined here. And I thought it belonged to you. Oh, but now I look at the inscription inside, I find that the thing isn't yours after all. Of course it's mine. You've seen me with it a hundred times. And you've no right whatsoever to read what's written inside. It's a very ungentlemanly thing to read a private cigarette case. No, but this isn't your cigarette case. This cigarette case is a present from someone of the name of Sicily. And you said you didn't know anyone of that name. Well, if you want to know, Sicily happens to be my aunt. Your aunt? Yes. Charming old lady she is, who lives at Tunbridge Wells. Just give it back to me, Algy. Uh, but why does she call herself Little Sicily if she is your aunt and lives at Tunbridge Wells? From Little Sicily with her fondest love. My dear fellow, what on earth is there in that? Some aunts are tall, some aunts are not tall. That is a matter of surely an aunt may be allowed to decide for herself. Yes, but why does your aunt call you her uncle? From Little Sicily with her fondest love to her dear Uncle Jack. There is no objection, I admit, to an aunt being a small aunt, but why an aunt no matter what her size may be, she'll call her own nephew her uncle. I can't quite make up. Besides, your name isn't Jack at all. It's Ernest. It isn't Ernest, it's Jack. You have always told me it was Ernest. I have always introduced you to everyone as Ernest. You answer to the name of Ernest. You look as if your name was Ernest. You are the most earnest-looking person I ever saw in my life. Besides, here is uh, one of your cards. Mr. Ernest Wording, B4, the Albany. I'll keep this as proof that your name is Ernest if you ever attempt to deny it. Well, my name is Ernest in town and Jack in the country, and that cigarette case was given me in the country. Yes, but that does not account for the fact that your small aunt Sicily, who lives at Tunbridge Wells, calls you her dear uncle. Come on, old boy. Tell me the whole thing. I may mention that I have always suspected you of being a confirmed and secret bumbrist. I'm quite sure of it now. Bumbrist? What on earth do you mean by Bunburyus? I'll reveal to you the meaning of that incomparable expression as soon as you are kind enough to inform me why you are Ernest in town and Jack in the country. Well, produce my cigarette case first. Yes, yes. Now, produce your explanation and pray make it improbable. My dear fellow, there's nothing improbable about my explanation at all. Old Mr. Thomas Cardew, who adopted me when I was a little boy, made me in his will guardian to his granddaughter, Miss Cicely Cardew. Sicily, who addresses me as her uncle from motives of respect that you could not possibly appreciate, lives at my place in the country under the charge of her admirable governess, Miss Prism. Uh, where is that place in the country, by the way? There is nothing to you, dear boy. You are not going to be invited. I may tell you candidly that the place is not in Shropshire. Mm, I suspected that, my dear fellow. I have bumbered all over Shropshire on two separate occasions. <laughs> now, go on. Why are you Ernest in town and Jack in the country? My dear Algy, I don't know whether you will be able to understand my real motives. You are hardly serious enough. When one is placed in the position of guardian, one is forced 
to adopt a very high moral tone on all subjects. It is one's duty to do so. And as a high moral tone can hardly be said to conduce very much either to one's health or one's happiness, in order to get up to town, I have always pretended to have a younger brother of the name of Ernest, who lives in the Albany and gets into the most dreadful scrapes. That, my dear Algy, is the whole truth, pure and simple. The truth is really pure and never simple. Now, what you really are is a Bunburyist. I was quite right in saying you were a Bunburyist. You are one of the most advanced Bunburyists I know. What do you mean? You have invented a very useful younger brother called Ernest in order that you may be able to come up to town as often as you like. I have invented an invaluable permanent invalid called the Bunbury in order that I may be able to go down into the country whenever I choose. Bunbury is perfectly invaluable. If it wasn't for Bunbury's extraordinary bad health, for instance, I wouldn't be able to dine with you at Willis's tonight. But I've rarely been engaged to Aunt Augusta for more than a week. I haven't asked you to dine with me anywhere tonight. I know. You're absurdly careless about sending out invitations. It's very foolish of you. Nothing annoys people so much as not receiving invitations. You'd much better dine with your Aunt Augusta. I haven't the smallest intention of doing anything of the kind. I know perfectly well she will face me next to Mary Farquhar, who always flirts with her own husband across the dinner table. That is not very pleasant. Indeed, the amount of women in London who flirt with their own husbands is perfectly scandalous. Simply washing one's clean linen in public. Besides, now that I know you are a confirmed Bunburyist, I naturally want to talk to you about Bunburying. I want to tell you the rules. I'm not a Bunburyist at all. If Gwendolyn accepts me, I'm going to kill my brother. In fact, I think I shall kill him in any case... Cecily's a little too much interested in him. It's rather a bore. So I'm going to get rid of Ernest, and I strongly advise you to do the same with Mr... with your invalid friend who has the absurd name. <laughs> Nothing would induce me to part with Bunbury. And if you ever get married, which seems to me extremely problematic, you'll be very glad to know Bunbury. A man who marries without knowing Bunbury has a very tedious title of it. That's nonsense. If I marry a charming girl like Gwendolyn, I certainly won't want to know Bunbury. Then your wife will. You don't seem to realize that in married life, three is company and two is none. Ah, that must be Aunt Augusta. Only relatives or creditors ever ring in that Wagnerian manner. Now, uh, if I get her out of the way for ten minutes so that you can have an opportunity for proposing to Gwendolyn, may I dine with you tonight at Willis's? I suppose so, if you want to. Yes, but you must be serious about it. I hate people who are not serious about meals. Lady Blackrobe and Miss Fairfax. Good afternoon, dear Algernon. I hope you are behaving very well. I'm feeling very well, Aunt Augusta. Yes, that's not quite the same thing. In fact, the two things rarely go together. Dear me, Gwendolyn, you are smart. I am always smart. Am I not, Mr. Worthing? You are quite perfect, Miss Perfect. Oh, I hope I'm not that. It would leave no room for development. And I intend to develop in many directions. I'm sorry for our little late, Algernon, but I was obliged to call on dear Lady Harbury. Never saw a woman so altered. She looked quite 20 years younger. And now I'll uh, have a cup of tea and one of the nice cucumber sandwiches you promised me. Certainly, Aunt Augusta. Won't you come and sit here, Gwendolyn? Thank you, Ma. I'm quite comfortable where I am. Good heavens. Lane, why are there no cucumber sandwiches? I ordered them especially. There were no cucumbers in the market this morning, sir. I went down twice. No cucumbers? No, sir. Not even for ready money. Uh, that will do, Lane. Thank you. Thank you, sir. 
It really makes no matter, Alderman. I heard this from Crumpet's Lady Harbury, who seems to me to be living entirely for pleasure now. I hear her hair has turned quite gold from grief. It has certainly changed its color. From what cause? I, of course, cannot say. Ah, oh, thank you, Joe. I'd quite treat for you tonight, Alderman. I'm going to send you down with Mary Parker. She's such a nice woman and so attentive to her husband. It's delightful to watch them. Yes, I, I'm afraid, Aunt Augusta, I shall have to give up the pleasure of dining with you tonight after all. I hope not, Alderman. It will put my table completely out. Your uncle would have to dine upstairs. Fortunately, he is accustomed to that. Uh, it is a great bore, and I need hardly say it. Terrible disappointment to me. But the fact is that I have just had a telegram to say that my poor friend Bunbury is very ill again. Well, this Mr. Bunbury seems to suffer from curiously bad health. Oh, yes, poor Bunbury is a dreadful invalid. Well, I must say, Algernon, that I think it is high time that Mr. Bunbury made up his mind whether he was going to live or die. The shilly-shallying with the question is absurd. And I should be much obliged if you would ask Mr. Bunbury from me to be kind enough not to have a relapse on Saturday. But I rely on you to arrange my music for me. It is my last reception, and one wants something that will encourage conversation. Particularly at the end of the season, when everyone has practically said whatever they had to say, which in most cases was probably not much. I'll speak to Bunbury, Aunt Augusta, if he is still conscious. And I think I can promise he'll be all right by Saturday. I'll run over the program I've drawn up. If you will kindly come into the next room for a moment. Thank you, Algernon. It's very thoughtful of you. I'm sure the program will be delightful. After a few extra...